And thank you for joining us here at Two Rogue Studios. My name is Rhea Dark. This week, we will talk about exercise for a different kind of health. Now, if you believe everything you read, then the headlines have been telling us that people have been having less sex than ever. But it doesn't take a journalist to figure out that in the past two years, people haven't been in close contact. Places where folks gather haven't been open. People were literally living in fear of being even around each other. Naturally, this would lead to less sex since that requires for people to meet, to be in close contact, to enjoy being really close with each other. And one other thing that has suffered is also movement, right? Or you might think of it as exercise, but people have become screen-centered, sedentary, and immobile. And movement is required for all kinds of health. But did you know how important it was for sexual health? And today, we get to hear from an expert all about that. But first, this week's quote, sex is only a three-letter word. How can it be dirty? And that's a quote by Irma Brombeck, and she was an American humorist who achieved great popularity with her newspaper humor column, which was about suburban home life. So even she got it, right? And so today's guest really gets it. Karen Eilber, MD, is a board-certified urologist and associate professor of urology and an OBGYN at Cedars-Sinai Hospital in Los Angeles and is an expert in women's health and men and women's sexual wellness. And she also is the creator of Glissant Lubricants. Am I saying that right? Glissant, yes. Glissant. And capitalizing on her experience as a physician and as a surgeon caring for women with pelvic floor disorders, she created something that her patients had been asking for as part of her mission to help women have sexual health, right? Which is an essential part of life. So welcome, uh, Dr. And thank you so much for joining us here today. So when did you start on this journey, you know, to create a lubricant, right? Because that's not something that every doctor does every day. No, it definitely was not on my radar when I first started <laughs> sure. practicing either. But <laughs> sure, but I, I grew up. I grew up, and my whole dream was to make lubricants. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, what happened was after being in practice, know, like five or ten years, you keep hearing the same thing over and over again from women. It's like. I'm not having sex. Why? It hurts. Why? I'm dry. We'll try some lubricants. Then they would come back and say, you know, I feel like I was more irritated with the lubricants or I was so embarrassed to carry it around because, you know, it looked like a tube of toothpaste. So my co-founder, um, who is a very good friend and really was into natural and clean beauty before it was even a thing, mm. I said, look, how can I make a lubricant that doesn't contain all these chemicals and irritants that we're complaining about? So, you know, together we formulated uh, our first lubricant, which is the FDA cleared water-based one, you know, which is all natural and doesn't have anything irritating. And in the middle of getting FDA clearance for that, her sister became really ill with brain cancer and mm. was having severe pain related to that. And this was several years ago. And at the time, CBD was not really a thing. 
And one of the nurses caring for her sister said, look, if your sister's really in a lot of pain, you should try, you know, some CBD. And sure enough, it was like a miracle for her sister. So then my co-founder, Renee, says, look, if you're trying to make a lube to help him with pain, you should have him with CBD. And my response was, no way, we're all going to get everybody's vaginas high, right? Because <laughs> I didn't know anything about right. CBD at the time. Right, right. Uh, right. I mean, now it's like in everything. But back then, you know, you kind of equated with like, you know, smoking weed. Sure. So after doing, you know, some, some of my own research and what was already available there, it's pretty interesting that some of the initial research on CBD was with the bladder and neurology, ironically. Really? So you got... I mean, honestly, if you really look at CBD, it's like a miracle compound. It's like anti-inflammatory. It's, it has muscle relaxant properties. It's antibacterial. So it made perfect sense to you know, make another lubricant with CBD, which of course can't be FDA cleared because the FDA doesn't recognize CBD products. But we also had the great fortune of working with a really experienced herbologist who helped us mix all these natural aphrodisiacs and other natural botanicals increase blood flow, which is really what our arousal is all about. Right. And that's where we are today. And then, you know, too, like even just thinking about all the textures out there and then all of these things, it feels like it's either zero to a thousand and nothing in between. And really the design and really doesn't ever feel like it's keeping in mind the woman's aesthetic and what her needs are. So that's that whole package. And like you mentioned, like bringing the blood and, you know, the other things that are required for arousal are all in that package. And, you know, certainly for our listeners who are right now thinking, just like I did think when I was reading about this, like, sign me up. I need this right now. All of the links to all of these products, of course, will be on our PRX.org page. So we'll have that available for everybody. So all of this started a long time ago, but even with the best lubricant, right? What about the fact that women don't feel motivated to do that? And they have a very hypo uh, libido. One of the things that you talk a lot about too is how exercise, and I like to say movement because a lot of people equate exercise with gyms and things like that. And it's not part of, you know, this, the, I don't, I don't need to exercise, but movement is something that we're all designed to do. So how does that work in conjunction with sexual health? I mean, several reasons why, and I love you say movement. It reminds me of when my yoga teachers always used to say, just keep moving. doesn't matter what you're doing. Just keep moving. Yeah. You know, exercise and your sexual health is tied in several ways. One thing is, you know, I think that when you exercise and you feel a more control of your body, it contributes to your self-confidence. And it's no question, you can have a very maybe physically unattractive person, but because they have self-confidence, they actually exude more attractiveness to someone else. So I think that's one thing. The second thing that's very obvious is if you're not in relatively good health, it's hard to engage in any kind of movement, which sex would be included in that, yeah. right? So you want to exercise just to have some cardiovascular health. And just like, you know, men can't take things like Viagra if they have severe cardiac issues. So you, right. know, you want to be healthy in that, re in that regard. And then, you know, just like that runner's high, when mm -hmm. you exercise, you do release endorphins and other hormones that make you feel good. But it's interesting how you say like with the libido, right? It's, it's kind of a catch 22. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to, you know, one of the reasons why I made a lubricant is it is very, very common that as women age and get perimenopause and all the hormonal changes, our arousal response isn't as good. Even younger women who have been on birth control too long can have decreased arousal. So if it hurts when you have sex, what is your motivation mm -hmm. to have sex again? 
right? So you kind of have to like get yourself going, but exercise is the same thing. If you're kind of out of shape, you're having the gym, you have to motivate yourself. And it's like, it, there has to be some will to do it. So it is a little bit of a catch 22. It's like the more you do it, the more you want it, but you actually have to motivate yourself to do it to begin with. Right, right. And it's interesting that you mentioned young women on birth control and peri and postmenopausal. Sometimes libido is tied to the fact that, you know, procreation and things of that nature. So, you know, recognizing that you can say, well, I recognize that that part's not going to motivate me to want to have sex. So I need to do other things to get the libido like exercise and movement. So is there some type of exercise that you would recommend more than another? Like you mentioned, you have a yoga teacher. I'm a yoga teacher myself. So is there, and I feel like yoga has definitely been a game changer for me, you know, having done other types of exercises, just in general, like having a better connection with your body and your breath and just having that awareness and allowing yourself to be very present. So is there a, a type of exercise that you think that works better towards this particular goal? I think you and I will probably be jaded because we like yoga. But on the other hand, you could argue it makes you more flexible. <laughs> True. Right. Right. I think that, I think yoga in, in particular, again, I haven't done or I'm not facile at every exercise, yeah. but the advantages that I found of yoga, first of all, are you really get to know your body and control and you know what things feel like. And I think that when it comes to your sexuality, also, you have to have that confidence and control and not be afraid to say what you like or stop what you don't like. Like there is a point when you're doing, if you're a yoga instructor, I'm sure you tell your, your students all the time, you know, it's like you want to get to the point where you're kind of pushing yourself to the edge, but you don't want to hurt yourself either. Right. And I think you could probably make a comparison to sexual activity, right? You kind of want to push yourself to that edge, but you also don't want to hurt yourself or, you know, make yourself where you're feeling uncomfortable about things. Very true. And I think to the other part of yoga that I think might also contribute is that mindfulness. When we say mindfulness, meaning yes. we can get rid of all of the other things that are going on in your life, because a lot of times that's what gets in the way of having sex. It's like, I'm worried about what a dinner and what I have to do later and the bills and the kids and the this and that, and you know, the boss and whatever that is. And having the ability to get that out of your mind and just be with your body, I think is also, you know, really, really important. And another thing too, you know, a lot of times people think that yoga is something that has to be like vinyasa flow. And there's so many gentle yogas out there and hatha yogas and yin yogas that you can do. So for those of you who are listening, you know, just take it from the good doctor and I that there's lots of different yogas out there that doesn't have to be like hot yoga and power yoga and things of that nature. So when we're talking about now, you know, sex. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but the way, the way yeah. you're saying it's so funny. You could totally apply it to sex, right? There's restorative. There is hot. <laughs> true. That's very true. That's a good, I like that parallel. I like that parallel a lot. So, and also another thing too, in your practice, how many women do you find that one of their struggles is not even just exercise and movement, but just not being able to understand their bodies through masturbation? So do you find that those two go hand in hand a lot? Not necessarily hand okay. in hand, but they are, each one is very common. Mm -hmm. You know, it's part of it is it's society's what we expect of women, mm -hmm. right? It's almost like you know, thankfully the attitude is changing, but still it's almost like if you're a woman who enjoys sex, there must be something wrong with you. You must be dirty, you know? And in fact, just like how you were saying early at the beginning, like things that get censored, like the word vagina, that's one of my big things. It's like, it's so interesting. I was watching a Saturday Night Live skit this past weekend. Mm -hmm. They said penis probably five times in the one skit. Mm -hmm. 
you cannot say the word vagina on most of the major networks. Really? On cable, that is true. So I've been I've been interviewed on TV before, and they're like, don't use the word vagina. You can say down there, you can say something else, which it's really amazing. Really? And in fact, so you remember the vagina monologues? Yeah, yeah. So when that was advertised in New York, you ha- they had to cross out the word vagina. Really? It is really, really crazy. Wow. So this, this is why when we can't even use the term for our own body part, what is the message to young women, right? You should be ashamed of your parts and God forbid you masturbate because that's a bad, dirty part. Yeah. So a lot of women do not understand their bodies. And this is the other thing I don't understand either is we don't even have a good health class. Like we have something in junior high, right? But why don't we offer a college course to every woman that's like, the ins and outs, no pun intended, of your yeah, body, right. what to expect, you know, with pregnancy, after pregnancy, perimenopause. I have so many women who come to me after having a baby, they think that they are the only one that something is wrong and they cry just knowing that they're not the only ones. Yep. Yeah. And that's the reason why I used uh, Irma Bombeck as a, an example, because she was someone who wrote to the suburban housewives, you know, post-World War II and so on and so forth. And, you know, even she got it right. That that was something that was it's not a dirty thing. So let's talk about some of the different lubricants you have. So for someone who's interested in checking out your website, which will also have links, of course, to your website there. What are some different products that you might recommend? And, and should women use lube for masturbation? I mean, so. Of course, I'm, again, totally jaded. I think you should use lube for everything. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it depends on what you're doing. If you're going to masturbate with something internally, probably lubricant is good to use, mm-hmm. right? But if it's just outside, maybe something would slip around a little too much. But the type of lubricant you choose is partially dependent on the type of activity. So one of the reasons we have a water-based lube is you really cannot use oil-based lubes with, say, condoms, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't use them with silicone toys over a period of time because it will break those things down. And also, water-based lubes tend to be probably the least irritating for everybody across the board. So that's why if you're using condoms or toys or you're super sensitive, the water-based lube is probably best. You know, If you want the benefits of CBD, you want something a little, you know, glissant means slippery in French. So okay. A little slicker. Okay. And um, then the CBD lube is probably the one to choose. Okay. Great. And I, I've noticed that they're also like silicone based lubricants, but those are incredibly uh, effective, if not over effective. And they can feel pretty slimy too, right? So that's the other thing about the water based. And then also, you know, thinking about too, like very practically, because of course we're going to think about are the sheets going to get damaged? And of course, that's not going to be an issue, right? Because it's water-based, so everything you know easily is clean up, and there'll be no staining and things of that nature. Is there one that you? Is there a way like a starter one that you think is a good one, or then they can just pick and choose what you they think is best based on what activity they're going to be doing? Is that the best way to approach this? Yeah, I mean, again, I think the fundamental question is, do I have to use condoms? Because mm-hmm. if you do, then you really need to use a water-based yeah. lube. Yeah. You know, if a woman has, say, like penis or issue, um, then I think that the CBD lube is the best way to start. But the great thing about our products is, and you might not have noticed on the website, they are interchangeable. So there is an outer chamber with a refillable inner chamber. So let's say that you buy the CBD lube, and next time around you want to try the water-based, the refill is less expensive. And so you can actually refill your outer shell with a different lube if you want to. I did not know that. I did not know that. So women who have you have seen in your practice who you have said, hey, got to get movement, got to get exercise in your life. Has it shown a big difference in their sexual health? I think for the most part it yeah. does. And again, for the reasons that, you know, when you feel more in shape, 
right? And then you also tend to buy sexier lingerie yes. and you just feel better about yourself. And I think one of the other things that's very, um, society gives the wrong impression is if you look at advertisements or even TV shows, mm -hmm. right? It almost feels like you should just be in the mood. Yeah. Like, nobody's really just in the mood, right? The situation <laughs> really sets the mood, right? So like if you're wearing your grandma panties and sorry, grandma, not to you right, know, right. offend you, but you don't really feel as sexy as if you bought like some really sexy lingerie. So it's, you know, you have to be not tired, have the right lingerie, have your lube at your nightstand. And that's why, you know, there's vacation sex because people actually right. feel more relaxed. Right. So that's why I think women also, they feel disappointed themselves because they don't have this internal drive to have sex, but it's like, I'm sorry, if you're working and or have kids and you're, you know, your choice between sex and sleep oftentimes is going to be the sleep. That's right. That's right. That's right. And don't forget, of course, to take your lube with you when you go on vacation. So right. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Albert, for so much for coming here today. We'll make sure that everybody has access to those things. I did not notice that refillable thing, so I'm very excited about that. I personally am putting it out there. I'm getting these. I'm very excited to try all the different variations. So thank you so much for putting that out there. And it just creates a whole kind of perspective in terms of like you get to enjoy the full spectrum of your life. And this is an important part of it. And we really do need to commit to making sure that we cultivate this. So thank you so much for providing those products and, you know, all of the sage wisdom here today. So thanks again, Dr. Ibor. I'm looking forward to trying those and I'll let you know, I'll give you some feedback on your website privately. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much. Okay. Have a great day. And now a word from our person on the street. So tell me, William, what are your thoughts on sexual health? Well, I'm in favor of it. My thoughts are that if someone is going to be sexually active, that they should be educated and know, uh, you know, be able to take the proper steps to protect themselves and their partner. Absolutely. So aside from protecting themselves, though, do you think that being sexually healthy is vital to happiness? Uh, for some people, yes. I mean, everyone is different, but, uh, you know, it is a part of life. And for some people, it's a larger part of some people's lives than others. And that's all the time we have for today, folks. And thanks so much for joining us here at Two Rogue Studios. And a big thanks to our producer, the big Lebowski, Paige Lebowski, and you can find out more about her at her website, pagelebowski.com, or about all of us here at Team Two Rogues at tworogues.com. That's the number two and the word rogues.com. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks again for joining us. My name is Rhea Dark.